Hello out there, bibliophiles, and welcome to another episode of Season 2 of Drew Archives in 10. I'm Andrew Salvati, Adjunct Professor in Media and Communications here at Drew, and joining me today via Zoom is Interim Manager of Methodist Library and Special Collections, Candace Riley. Hello, Candace. Hi, Andrew. How are you doing today? Doing great. How about you? Good, good. Getting into the semester, uh, yep. as it were. Yep, yep. So what do you have for us today? So today I wanted to showcase uh, one of our more popular uh, collections in the Drew Archives. It's the David Johnson Collection of Science Fiction and Popular Culture. What I'm gonna show you today are some of our examples of our really cool science fiction magazines. Um, but I'm gonna give you a little bit behind uh, details of what the collection encompasses. So uh, the David Johnson Collection of Science Fiction and Popular Culture has materials from the late 1920s through 2014. We have reprints of uh, proto-science fiction fantasy stories of Jules Verne and later H.G. Wells to modern giants, including Isaac Asimov and George R. Martin and even uh, Ron Hubbard. Oh, wow. Um, so we have also uh, stories about uh, reviews of television series and films like Star Trek, X-Files, Star Wars, to name a few, which are very popular, obviously. Um, and these stories really offer the reader an opportunity to engage with interpreted cultural norms and social political values through the lens of both fantasy and science fiction speculation. So it illustrates both like cultural racial stereotypes, um, but also commentary on the politics of the 20th century found in stories, uh, cover art and advertisements. This collection was donated by a local Madison resident um, many years ago. Um, his name is Dr. David S. Johnson. And he was a leading expert in computer, computer science um, and specialized in algorithms. And he gave us this really wonderful collection that he collected throughout his entire life. And it's been an amazing resource for both faculty and students. Yeah, I mean, that's some great stuff that you just listed off uh, just now, just for starters. And uh, I can see on the screen here, yeah, some fascinating, fascinating things. It really is. Um, we have the first uh, published version of George R.R. R. Martin's um, Game of Thrones. So he just, when he was, you know, before he published the book, he then actually had an excerpt of when uh, Danny basically, you know, births the dragons. Oh, and wow. Thrones. So that's a chapter that was included in one of these science fiction magazines. And the cover art for that is really exciting. It's, you know, her with the very blonde, almost white hair with these mm -hmm. dragon eggs. So it was the first popular culture introduction for what Game of Thrones became, which was this, you know, extremely successful television series. Sure was, yeah, wow. Um, but I'm showing you um, here and talking with you guys about some really uh, interesting types of science fiction magazines that we have. And we have so many, and I, I pulled about 10 just to, to look at with you guys today. It's absolutely worth your time to come into the archives of when we reopen to engage with these, especially the cover art. We had one of our student workers uh, years ago, she went through and looked at all the cover art with the Amazing Stories, which is one of the science fiction magazines. And she wrote down and described like, the main authors as well as the cover art looks like, because it's a great way to see the kind of this development art historically of what's yeah. on these covers. So with all these science fiction magazines, at least most of them, the outside is all in color because it wants to be engaging. You want to come up to this on a newsstand and see mm -hmm. this really fascinating depiction of the science fiction or fantasy world. But when you open it, it is just black and white print. It's almost this also cheap pulp paper. 
that is not in the best condition. And some of these are, are very, very fragile. Yeah, you know, I wasn't really expecting when you opened it for the the paper to kind of look like that, be that that cheap and all black and white. Oh, yes. And this one, we're lucky enough to have some illustrations in, but a lot of them are just black and white text. Yeah, I mean, it looks like this this very glossy cover from what I can see over Zoom, of course, and this mm -hmm. really great illustration of, of an eyeball kind of looks cyberpunk a little bit. And then, yeah, you open it up and it's it, it's not as uh, luxurious as it, as it seems at first. So don't don't judge a book by its cover, I guess. Absolutely not. And it's great about the kind of the story behind these cover arts. And, and the one that I'm, I'm showing you guys now, it's this, you know, it's instead of cyberpunk looking eye, very steampunk. It's a story by H.G. Wells, uh, Cecile B. White and David Keller from a 1928 um, issue of Amazing Stories. Oh, so well before cyberpunk, yeah, but it yeah. still has that kind of, like you said, steampunk sort of look. It's it's really cool. So how these artists then kind of started developing this cover art, they would get very brief descriptions of what the stories would include, and then they would then choose to represent one of them on the cover. But okay. so a lot of the times, though, that the cover art does not truly match with mm -hmm. the story because they're not reading the whole story a lot of the times. So we have like these really fascinating and almost sometimes color acidic versions, um, especially when we get into the later times of the 70s, we have these acid trip covers, which are really, really fun to kind of compare with the earlier ones. Also with these science fiction magazines in the 20s, which is when our collection starts, they were very large, like the size of what you would think of as a normal magazine now that you get at like, the grocery store. Over time, they became much smaller. Um, I have one here from Astounding Stories from 1957, and it is about half the size. So it's the way that they then um, saved money on production. But the same thing, the cover is uh, glossy in color, and then when you open it, it's all black and white again. So same, same kind of a style of production, but they were saving some money on production to even charge you more. So it's about 10 cents up. I imagine that could fit uh, a bit easier in someone's pocket too, if they were bringing it around and wanted to. Absolutely, not in a woman's pocket because we can barely put a quarter in there. Well, yeah, but, um, it's, it's a whole nother conversation and an oh, injustice that needs to be uh, rectified immediately. But absolutely. <laughs> but yes, this is a lot more portable, and um, we're really very lucky that we have this collection of them because because of the material they they would not last so well because of the pulp paper inside. Um, and also because some people may think of these as maybe throwaway if they didn't, you know, want to read anymore. Like they already read the series again, maybe they pass it along to a friend and then maybe it was tossed away. So we're lucky to have such a, a very almost complete collection of these uh, science fiction magazines. Yeah, um, to have one that's so vast too. I mean, it seems like there's, there's a lot of material in this collection. A, a lot of material. And what's great is that you can engage with these early... Uh, publications of very, very famous science fiction authors. So you can see where they get their starts in these magazines. And then once they kind of pick up in popularity, then they get published in their own books. But a lot of them got their start here in the science fiction and fantasy um, magazine, which is really very interesting to see. Um, so we have another one here, Amazing Stories from 1946, where we have this um, large character of what appears to be Lucifer, uh, sitting in a throne, and we have this woman um, wearing almost a bikini looking up at him. And I make attention to the, the woman on the cover art because 
what our students found when looking at the cover art and looking at the notes to the editor throughout the, um, these amazing stories issues was that there was a lot of editor, sorry, reader feedback about how women were portrayed on the covers of these. Oh, wow. so a lot of times they were dressed very scantily, wearing like bikinis or uh, very short skirts or long, like a high slit up the dress, meant to be sexy, meant to get um, most likely a male reader engaged with picking up one of these magazines when they're going shopping. Right. We teach our students about the male gaze, right? And this seems exactly. like a, a very good example of that. But a lot of the readers were saying, we need to stop objectifying women on the covers. And then they then actually changed what they were doing the cover art for some time. Of course, you're going to get readers saying, no, bring back the scantily clad women. Yeah. And um, it kind of reverted back, back and forth. But it's a great thing as a, another research topic to have students come in and look at these letters to the editor in these magazines to see how people were engaging with these science fiction magazines. Just, yeah, that would be a fascinating study. Absolutely. We have another one here called The Orphan of Atlans um, by William Lawrence Hamley. Another amazing story from uh, 1947 here. We have a woman, as I mentioned, a very high slit uh, skirt here wearing a crop top and she's like banishing um, this almost looking like Chinese dragon-esque creature. So the cover art is I mean, not to have a pun here, astounding, like astounding stories. <laughs> um, but the colors that these artists have used, as well as the styling, is, is really something to engage with. So um, I urge all interested in science fiction, fantasy, and even art historians to take a look at the development of these science fiction magazines over the years. The one that I was talking about that I think of as an, an acid trip <laughs> from <laughs> is um, there's this one called the the magazine is a fantasy and science fiction. This one is um, from November in 1874. So here we have the mid 70s. We have this woman uh, dressed in what looks like short shorts and a crop top riding this pink lizard creature who's very, very large. In the background, there is a city of mushrooms. <laughs> and this is called Mushroom World. And the color choices are really fascinating here. So we have these, these almost like neon-esque uh, colors of yellows, pinks, and greens. And then the background is this Pepto-Bismol pink. <laughs> That's um, a good way to describe it. <laughs> it is um, a, a little bit jarring. Um, but it is certainly eye-catching. And that's what they're, they're going for here. They want you to pick up this magazine and then fall in love with the stories inside, which as the previous ones, they're all, you know, black and white text. Yeah. I mean, the cover almost has, it's almost in that, that animation style. That's, I think it's rotoscoping that mm -hmm. like that old movie, uh, heavy metal was kind of done. Absolutely. In it. Yes. Maybe I'm dating myself there, but yeah, yeah I mean, it kind of has that late seventies, early eighties sort of, uh, animation style to it. It does. Um, yeah, and um, even the head of the, the dinosaur slash lizard creature almost looks like very land before time. Yeah. <laughs> Another date, but um, it, it's really cool to see how these styles have developed over the years and how the science fiction magazines have, have changed with the interest of the public. And this one here, uh, the most recent one I have for you today, is from August 2010. This is from Asimov Science Fiction um, with a title story called The Lovely Ugly. Uh, by Carol Eschenmuller. And we have a woman on the cover um, who's dressed in almost like a 
medieval Renaissance style of clothing. Um, and she looks, it's like a very realistic um, yeah. depiction in comparison to the previous um, art that we've seen. Um, it looks almost like a romance novel on the cover, but you have like yeah. these little worlds of monsters in the back, which makes obviously fantasy. But they're still following that same um, production here. We have the very engaging, glossy color uh, cover color. And then inside, it's all black and white. We don't have that um, awful pulp paper anymore. It's a little bit thicker here now in, in the 2010 issue. Um, yeah. But it's the same style. But now they charge you on your $5 for it. Yeah. 25 cents that we had earlier on. So that's just a little taste of our science fiction collection. Uh, the cover art is very engaging. And I love to always pull about like 50 of these examples and have students just kind of walk around and, and just kind of relish in the cover art of these. But we must not forget the really wonderful stories inside and how some of them, yes, are very popular. You may have heard the names before, like, you know, H.D. Wells and George R. Martin. But there are so many wonderful science fiction authors and fantasy authors that have these wonderful stories in these that um, are really great to engage with and are social commentary a lot of the time. Yeah, and like you said, the letters to the editor, the advertisements inside. I mean, there's so much that uh, students um, and then you know even even uh, faculty members and researchers could get out of this collection, and it just seems so vast and so fascinating. Absolutely, and also if you're just wanting to have a read with one of these, that is fine too. These were meant to be entertaining. Oh, you mean you don't have to get a research paper out of it? No, you don't have to get a research paper. <laughs> so I would also welcome you. Uh, when we open again to just engage with these and be like, you know, I, I need to read that story, Serenity, uh, by Nancy. Yeah. I'm like, absolutely, I'll pull it for you now. So it, it's great to kind of see these and see these as these points in history as well. Um, because we have a you know, the collection from 1920 to 2014. Thanks so much for sharing these with us, Candace. Absolutely. That's our show. Be sure to check out the images of the materials we've discussed on this and other episodes of Drew Archives in 10 by visiting the Drew Archives and Special Collections website at www.drew.edu forward slash library forward slash media. You can also check out images of the archives material at the Drew University Participatory Archives at dupaarchive.org. There's a lot of great stuff there, so be sure to check it out. For myself, Dr. Andrew Salvati, and for Candace Riley, be well, stay safe, and we'll see you next time on Drew Archives in 10. <laughs>